I think the story that we hear in the first half of this gospel is maybe one of our favorite, one of our favorite images, one of our favorite stories. This idea that Jesus is the good shepherd, who knowing that he's missing one sheep, leaves the 99 to go look for the one who is lost. Perhaps you've seen paintings or portrayals of this moment. If you haven't, I'll tell you that it's usually a sort of dark picture because, of course, we imagine it being at night. We imagine that the sheep is lost and vulnerable to whatever dangers the night might bring. And Jesus, the good shepherd, does exactly what he does in the gospel. He goes and he scoops up this lost sheep and he drapes it over his shoulders, around his neck, and he carries it back to the flock. It's a comforting, beautiful, charming image. And it's meant to comfort us. Because the truth is that all of us, in one season or another, in one way or another, either are or have been lost. Which one of us does not know the feeling of ending up somewhere in your life, whether it's because of a relationship or because of work or some sort of spiritual existential question, something is happening in your life and you get to this place and you look around and you go, how did I get here? And how do I get out of here? What the gospel is recognizing, what Jesus recognizes in this parable is that all of us experience that sense of being lost at some point. And the truth is that it's possible for us to be lost not only as individuals, right? It's also possible for us to be lost as a people, as a a larger body. In fact, I might argue that as a nation and as a global community, there are many ways in which we are lost as a people right now. And so we see this image over and over again of Jesus the Good Shepherd. Jesus, the shepherd who reminds us that he will always come for us, the savior who literally drops what he's doing to come and scoop us up out of any kind of danger, to lead us out of the dark, out of the cold that perhaps we got ourselves into by wandering off, but we'll leave that for another sermon. It's an important comforting image. Jesus wants to bring us back to the fold, back to the flock, back to be part of the rest of the community so that we will never be alone. That's the sermon, what do you think? Should we stop there? Feels good, right? Of course not. (laughs) There is always more. And as we do the more, I want you to remember that that image is true. Jesus the Good Shepherd, who will always come for you, is true. It's true for every single one of us that when we are lost, He is searching for us, and he is closer to us than we think. So don't lose that as we do the what else in this gospel. But the truth is that if we just look at this gospel as if we are the center of the story, the lost sheep for whom Jesus is always coming, then we lose a little bit of the rest of the passage. We lose a little bit of the rest of the meaning, and often when we do that, we lose actually where the grace and mercy and love of God comes into our life in a concrete way, how we learn to make it a part of our life. And so we are going to keep going, 
but I don't want you to lose that image because it is real and he is there for you. However, there is more for us here. Both of these little stories in the gospel are about finding something, um, really, in fact, finding someone and bringing them home to be part of the full group, the full flock, or in the case of the second story, the sort of full collections, collection of coins, right? This woman had 10 coins, she lost one, she wanted all of them. So there's an important piece for us here about the fullness of things, about what it means to be the full complement of things, about wholeness. The woman sweeps and cleans until she finds all of her coins. Notice there's nothing in the gospel about how she's going to go spend them right away. So it's not about using them, it's about having them. And when she has the full complement of them, she calls people together to rejoice. It's an invitation to celebrate. And so too with the shepherd. The shepherd goes to get the lost sheep, risking, by the way, the safety of the 99, right? He also leaves them in the middle of the darkness. At least they have each other, so that's fair. But the shepherd leaves them in the darkness, vulnerable to the dangers of the night, not just because he's loving and wants to look for the lost sheep, but also perhaps because he wants to have his full flock. He wants the body to be together. He wants the whole thing. And so too, when he finds the sheep, does he call people together? This is cause for rejoicing, wholeness, fullness. So maybe what we're meant to learn from this part of the text this morning is about fullness that comes from community and not just from ourselves. Of course it's true that we're special and that Jesus will come get us. That isn't denied by the second half of the gospel, which is about the fact that this story is not about us as individuals. It's about us as the body of Christ. It's about us as a larger group. It's about our Christian journey and the way that that fits into the larger story of salvation. None of us are intended to take this journey alone to strike out on our own, to see if we can manage by ourselves. As Christians, and as sheep, or even as coins, if we're going to stick with the story, we are intended to be part of a larger body. We're intended to be set aside for a particular purpose, to have a common goal, to share our life together. In fact, I think one of the key points of this text is that if you do wander away, in your lostness, you risk the connection with this larger group. And that connection is part of what makes us who we are. It's what leads us to fullness, not just as individuals, but as a larger whole. This teaching is certainly reflected in where we see Jesus teach us elsewhere, and in the life of the early church, in the way that they began to set up communities that gave to each other, that strengthened each other, that traveled with each other along a difficult road. We are always intended to live together, to worship and pray and journey together. And if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you will have heard me say at some point that we cannot be Christians alone. You can certainly believe in the Christian faith alone, 
But there is something fundamentally important and vital to being a Christian that is about sharing that faith in community. And so you really can't sort of go by yourself and say, oh, this is my house and we're going to be Christian here. You need to be part of everyone else. And that being a part, if we look at the early church, includes a whole bunch of things, including contributing to the lives of the saints, sharing your burdens, helping with the burdens of others, and sharing together sort of the, the highs and the lows, the triumphs and the challenges, the life and the death that we live together in God, ready to receive at various points the sacraments that sustain us on the road and that finally send us on to the next part of our life. It is actually a rare gift in the world to understand that so deeply that it becomes a, a piece of your life, that you understand yourself not just as an individual, but as a part of a larger whole. And Jesus' belief in the parable this morning is very clear that this is actually what leads us to celebration and fulfillment and connection. We need each other. And still, I think there's more. I think there's a little bit more still in the gospel this morning. And perhaps it's that if we can take one more step, we know that as disciples of Jesus, we're intended to follow him, right? That sounds familiar. To learn to live like him, to learn to love like him. And so when we come to parables like these, we can't necessarily try to be Jesus. And I, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, <laughs> we are not the one coming into the world, right? We are, we are not the one sent to save it. And yet, if we take seriously the work that we're called to in, in the Christian life and in our baptism, if we take seriously the call to learn how to be more like him, then you have to look at what he's doing in the parable and try to translate that to your own life in a measured way. So if we read this text, looking at that, looking for where Jesus is and what he's doing, then I think it's not a stretch to imagine that part of our role as Christians, if we take him seriously, and if we take this idea of wholeness and fulfillment together seriously, then the call to us, the what should I do with this today, is about finding Jesus where he already is which means that we, in our own way, in our own lives, learn to look for the lost as well. And that includes the lost pieces of us that need to be brought back in. And it also includes the lost around us, figuring out how to help Jesus help them find their way home. What if we're meant to take that flock mentality so seriously that we started to believe that we couldn't be whole until everyone came home, that we couldn't be fulfilled until everyone was safe. How would that change the way that we live every day, the decisions we make, the friends we have, the way we vote, the way we spend our money, the issues we care about, the things that make us angry and happy and sad? How much would change in our life and in the church if we were willing to do that, if we were willing to put ourselves on the line, to give up our safety? It, admittedly, in the parable, we don't have a choice, right? Jesus just leaves to go look for the lost one, and we have to depend on each other. 
But what if instead of just waiting for him, we went with him to the margins, to the places where people are hurting? What if we were willing to risk being hurt ourselves in order to bring people home? Every day, each one of us is faced with any number of choices, and I think often we sort of go on autopilot and we forget that each one of our choices has a, an effect. Each one of our choices, if we dig a little deeper, even if on the surface it doesn't look like it belongs to this set of thinking, this line of thinking, if we dig a, li a little deeper, most of them, most of our choices do. In all that we do, we have the opportunity to try to honor our neighbor, to try to honor our neighbor's place in the community. And I think at the end of the day, the question that this gospel really is asking us is, are we? Are we interested in being a part of that flock? Are we interested in the health and the wellness of the larger whole? Do we see our faith as part of a larger body or do we see it just as our own? Do you trust enough that Jesus is the good shepherd who will always come for you, but also will always go for everyone else who's lost? Do we trust enough that we're willing to follow him out of the relative safety of the group to offer what we can to those who need it? To help look for the ones who are lost and to admit when the pieces of ourselves are lost that we need each other. Do you believe that your fulfillment and your salvation is intimately and deeply tied to the people who are sitting around you and to the people who aren't? There are two sides, I think, of this gospel this morning. Like any good gospel passage, actually. The side that comforts us and the side that challenges us. And we have to hold both. We should take great comfort in the image of this Savior who will always come for us and save us from whatever mess we've found ourselves in. And we should be challenged then to be a part of that saving for the world around us. Amen.